You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Three, two, one... But I've worked it out. I love to listen to your podcast. Whenever you say something, other people react to it. Taking my breath away, Aaron. Fern Lundquist joins me. Hall of Famer Jim Calhoun. NASCAR icon Dale Earnhardt Jr. Kirk Herbstreet is on the phone. Here we go. Oh, he's so handsome. What's up, Sports Podcast. It is Thursday, September 8th. 2022 people. I hope everybody's doing well. I hope everybody is having a great day. Most importantly, I hope you're ready for some NFL football. That is right. Here's the deal. You guys and girls know I love college football, but listen, we could celebrate the professionals too. Rams, Bills tonight, SoFi Stadium rings are being handed out, baby. How could you not be excited? And so here's what we're going to do on today's show in honor of the NFL coming back. Uh, Look, obviously, we don't talk a ton of NFL, especially this time of year, but why not? We we went to five episodes a week for this exact reason, have a little bit more fun, breathe a little bit, discuss some things we normally wouldn't. And so today, I am going to just give you some thoughts on the NFL season, seven if you want to call them bold predictions, seven just general takes, including my Super Bowl picks for the preseason, no big deal. I'm going to be 100% accurate on that. From there, we'll take a quick break. We will go back to the college game where Alabama and Texas play this weekend. I think we'll do kind of a first reaction to this game, kind of a deep dive. And then on Friday, we will obviously do our official picks for this one, as well as all the big games in college football. Finally, we'll wrap with something I think is a little bit fun. We found out late Tuesday that there will be an addition to the college game day set. That is right. Pat McAfee, former NFL player, podcaster extraordinaire, YouTube uh, host extraordinaire is joining college game day. And you know, I got some thoughts on that. So fun show, a little bit of a quicker show, uh, but we're going to have a blast here on the Aaron Torres sports podcast. Talk a little NFL, talk some Bama, Texas, talk Pat McAfee to college game day. Before we get started, a couple quick announcements. One, first of all, a few of you have reached out to me about uh, some things since we've, we've changed things up here on the Aaron Torres sports podcast. I mentioned at the end of Wednesday show, Audio quality has been a little bit not exactly where I want. Just be patient. We are going to get there. But as you know, uh, this is a new era of the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast. 
five episodes per week. We are on YouTube. Really excited about what has happened with this show. And as we continue to grow, just know that the audio production will be there. So go ahead and make sure to uh, just stay tuned with us. Stick with us. We're going to get all this stuff figured out. I'm going to give you more details on the Bracket Fanatics NFL Pick'em Challenge coming up later in the show. But click the link in the show description. $1,000 cash prize. You can sign up today. By the way, the deadline is not today. You can sign up at any point all season long, but I'll give you some details later. And finally, before we get to the meat of today's show, I want to do what I've done the last few episodes, which is welcome in our presenting sponsor. Could not be more excited to be working with Betfred Sportsbook, Betfred Sports, uh, which is now the official presenting sponsor of the Aaron Torres podcast and all things Aaron Torres Media. Betfred, as I've told you many times, they are one of Europe's biggest sports books, started in 1967 by Fred Doan. They have come to the United States, and I give them credit. They reached out to me. They said, we want to be part of the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast world, and we're excited to be, be here with them. As I said, they're doing big things now that they're here in the United States, the official betting partners of the Denver Broncos, Colorado Rockies, and now the Cincinnati Bengals currently licensed in Arizona, Colorado, Iowa, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Maryland, Louisiana, Washington, and soon Ohio. More importantly, and I've said this repeatedly since we started this partnership last week, they are the perfect presenting sponsor for Aaron Torres Media. They're a book that does more for their betters than anywhere else from in-person events with betting competitions, weekly promotional offers that fit your betting size and patterns, and the personal touch that you won't get anywhere else. Betfred gives you more. Betfred betters. When I say personal touch, when I say they do more, how about this? These are some of the things that Betfred has done for its betters. Betfred betters have thrown out the first pitch at Rockies games. They've tailgated with the team from Betfred before Broncos games. And this week, this past week, week one, Arizona State game, Betfred rented out a suite at the Arizona State game for all of their betters. That is the Betfred experience. That is the Betfred personal touch. No one gives you more free bonuses than Betfred. The more you bet, the bigger the bonus. These are the things that Betfred does. Again, the perfect sports book for Aaron Torres Media and the Aaron Torres Podcast. Could not be more excited to be working with them. And as a quick thank you to listeners of the Aaron Torres Podcast, great offer. Bet $50 on any college football game in week two. Get $250 back, courtesy of the Betfred Sportsbook. Only for new signups in Colorado, Arizona, and Iowa, but a great, great, great offer courtesy of our friends at Betfred, Betfred Sportsbook. So go ahead, check them out, betfredsports.com. Really happy to be working with the Betfred Sportsbook as the presenting sponsor of the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast. With that said, though, Let's get to the topic of the day and the topic of the day. Listen, there is no, I love college football. You know that I love college basketball. If there was something to be talking about college basketball related, I would, but today is a very special day because it doesn't matter if you're young or old, rich or poor, uh, handsome or not handsome. You love NFL football, right? You know, male, female, we play fantasy, we gamble on it. And the NFL season kicks off tonight. Buffalo Bills at the Los Angeles Rams, SoFi Stadium, Super Bowl banner coming out, championships rings being handed out. Yet despite all of it, how about this? The Buffalo Bills, a two and a half point favorite at SoFi Stadium. So it's going to be a fun game, two and a half point favorite, the visitors, courtesy of the Betfred Sportsbook. So what I want to do on today's show, rather than, listen, I'm not going to do like 
I'm this is my pick for the AFC South, and this is my MVP pick. What I'm gonna do instead, I do want to give you just a few storylines that I am keeping my eye on, a few predictions, if you will, will to enter the season. As I said, I know I don't do a ton of NFL on this show, but let's be honest. You guys and girls know I host on Fox Sports Radio. I talk NFL every week. Like you, I love the NFL. I bet the NFL. I consume the NFL. Monday night football, Sunday night football, Thursday night football, tonight. And so what I want to do, I wrote down seven bold predictions, if you will, for the NFL season. I want to get to them now. Number one on the NFL bold predictions, and this is my boldest one. The Kansas City Chiefs, who you may have heard of, I believe they will finish in last place in the AFC West and obviously miss the playoffs. Now, first of all, a couple things here that stand out. One, when I say they're going to finish in last place in the AFC West, keep in mind, somebody has to finish in last place, and that is the best division in football. Russell Wilson is now with the Denver Broncos. The Las Vegas Raiders obviously added Devontae Adams alongside Derek Carr, and the Los Angeles Chargers may have the most talented roster in the NFL, And that's outside of the Chiefs. So somebody has to finish in last place. But when I look at the Chiefs, I I just look at a team that I I do believe it is in play. Keep in mind, by the way, you can go 10 and 7 and finish in last place in that division. Uh, 9 and 8 and finish in that. You know, I'm not predicting the Chiefs to go 3 and 13. But I am predicting them to go to finish in last place. And let me explain why. First of all, Bedford has the over-under with Kansas City at 10 and a half, which means that they are not as in love with Kansas City as others. But when I look at Kansas City, a few things do stand out as to why I believe that they could potentially finish at the bottom of the standings in the AFC West. First of all, have you seen the Chiefs' schedule? It is really hard uh, right out of the gate, as it should be for a team that finished in, uh, you know, that for a team that finished in first place in their division last year. They open at Arizona. Then they play the Los Angeles Chargers at Indy, at Tampa, Vegas at home, Buffalo at home, at San Francisco, Tennessee. So how about that for an opening slate as in terms of their first six, uh, their first six games, four of the teams that they played made the playoffs last year. That includes Kyler Murray and the, the Arizona Cardinals, Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Bucks. Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills and the San Francisco 49ers, as well as, oh, by the way, the number one seed in the AFC uh, in last year's playoffs, the Tennessee Titans. So one, the schedule is really tough this year. Two, like I do think it's worth noting, they did struggle at times last year, right? Like Patrick Mahomes, to me, if you listen to this show, you know I've been a little bit critical of Steph Curry just because I feel like there are people in the media that refuse to criticize Steph Curry forever for anything. And I'm like, why can't we criticize Steph Curry? Great guy, great father, great husband, great basketball player. doesn't mean he's not immune to criticism. And it's kind of the same with the Kansas city chiefs, Kansas city really struggled last year, right in the middle of the season. Okay. So here was a stretch that they had from week seven to week 11 lost 27 to three to the Tennessee Titans beat the the New York Giants 20 to 17, beat the Green Bay Packers 13 to 7. Keep in mind that was the game Aaron Rodgers missed because he tested positive for COVID, beat the Vegas Raiders 41 to 14, beat the Dallas Cowboys 19-9, beat the Denver Broncos 22 to 9. And so while they won a bunch of games, it was really because of the defense, not because of the offense. Again, let me read those scores again. They scored three points, 20 points, 13 points, 41 points, 19 points, 22 points over a six-week stretch. That's not the Patrick Mahomes that we know. 
and so I, I, I don't know why it's so hard to criticize him. This was also a team, by the way, that it's worth noting. And I know everybody knows this, but I'm going to say it again anyway. AFC championship game. We all know the deal. At one point, they were up 21 to three. They were up 21 to 10 going into the half and ended up scoring three points after halftime, lost the AFC championship game at home. So I've never understood why we can't criticize Patrick Mahomes. And I'll take it a step further. I do think losing Tyreek Hill matters, right? And so it's interesting because, you know, with the NFL, what I think is very interesting about the NFL um, is I think there's this trend now and this belief now that wide receivers are just totally interchangeable. doesn't matter who they are. doesn't matter what happened. Um, you know, AJ Brown wants money. You go ahead and trade him and you draft Traylon Burks. And I think that can be true for a lot of guys. I do think Tyreek Hill is the one exception though, right? You could, you can find six, three guys that can run off the scrap heap in the first round of the NFL draft. You can't find guys that are five, nine with world-class sprinter speed that literally race cheetahs for fun. Like that doesn't happen. And so the idea that this offense struggled last year, that they lost the single most dynamic player on the offensive side of the football that's not a quarterback, I do think that matters. And because of it, I do think they're going to take a step back. So that is my first bold prediction. I don't think the Chiefs are going to be terrible. I don't think they're going to be 4-13. and 13. I do have them missing the playoffs. I do have them finishing in last place in the AFC West. Let's keep it going. Next prediction, kind of piggybacking off that last one. I think the Miami Dolphins are going to be really good. Miami Dolphins over under win total in the Betfred Sportsbook is eight and a half. And I'll just be real. I like this team a lot. Let me explain why. First of all, better than you remember last year, okay? If you remember last year, uh, they struggled early, but in the middle of the season, they got hot. They won seven of their fi- seven straight games overall in the middle of the year, eight of their final nine. And that was really just, you know, they're just beating the teams that they're supposed to. Well, coming into this year, a couple things stand out about the Dolphins. One, I think there's a lot of wins to be had in that division. The Patriots, we we know what they're what everybody's saying about Bill Belichick. We know what everyone's saying about Mac Jones and Matt Patricia calling play. New York Jets probably going to struggle as well without Zach Wilson to start the year. So there's wins to be had in the division. But then on top of that, I just told you that I love Tyreek Hill. And so am I totally overreacting to the fact that Tyreek Hill uh, is now with the Miami Dolphins? Yes, probably. But I did notice one interesting thing. The one time that Tyreek Hill and Tua played together in the preseason, it was freaking fireworks, okay? They played together one preseason game earlier this year. Tyreek Hill, how about this for a stat line? Tyreek Hill in that game had two catches for 64 yards, okay? Two catches for 64 yards, uh, meaning that 32 yards per play. And Tua, who, of course, you know, everybody's kind of questioned his abilities, you know, his, his, his downfield passing. How about this? He completed 19 yards per pass in that game in which he played with Tyreek Hill. And so I'm really excited to see these two together. And the one thing I'll say about Tua is this. I am a Tua guy. I do like Tua. But we're going to find out awfully quick this year if Tua is the guy or not. They have Tyreek Hill. They have Jalen Waddell. Everything is in position for Tua to have success. That is my second bowl prediction. Kansas City misses the playoffs. The Miami Dolphins overachieve. Number three, I do think there is one person who clearly has the most pressure on him this year. It is Los Angeles Chargers coach Brandon Staley. And let me explain why. Anybody who's listening to this podcast, and I think many of you probably know me from college basketball, 
Uh, anybody who's listening to this podcast knows I'm not a huge analytics guy, okay? And it's not to say I'm not old, get off my lawn, analytics stink, don't pay attention to them. But I think there is a time and place for analytics, but I also think that analytics can be a crutch for a lot of people. I say it all the time. Analytics are a part of the puzzle. They are not the entire puzzle. In college basketball, nothing drives me crazier than these coaches and these analytics gurus and like, can, can we just watch a game and break it down? And not everything has to be about X's and not everything has to be about just pure numbers, right? Nate Oates is great with analytics. Nate Oates also has really good players and is a really smart X's and O's coach as well. And so I bring it up because I do not believe you should be universally beholden to analytics. And I believe that Brandon Staley is universally beholden to analytics. And when it goes really well, um, everybody loves you and you're a darling and when it did not go well last year, for the most part, nobody saw it because the Chargers aren't on national TV 365 days a year, 18 weeks a year in the pre in the regular season, right? And so with analytics, what I believe is, again, they are a part of the puzzle and they are they should be used for incremental advantages, right? Like I don't really criticize Lane Kiffin for using analytics in college football because I do think Lane Kiffin knows my players aren't as good as Alabama's or LSU's or Texas A&M's. I have to have an edge anywhere I can. Well, Brandon Staley has arguably the most talented roster in the NFL. He has arguably the most talented quarterback in the NFL. And most importantly, he got embarrassed with the analytics in week 18 last year, the final game of the regular season. If you remember, they played the Chiefs on Sunday night football Winner goes to the playoffs, loser goes home. There was a moment in time where they could have actually tied the game and both gone to the playoffs and the Chargers ended up losing. And the Chargers ended up losing because Brandon Staley kept going to the analytics, trusting the analytics blindly, and it burned him. Was going for it deep in his own territory on like fourth and nine and he's running the ball up the middle. You just can't do that. And at a certain point, yes, analytics are important. But you have to factor in the human emotion. Quick last little tangent on analytics. But I heard an interesting uh, interview with Luke Fickle, the Cincinnati head football coach earlier this year. And I know I'm going all over the place. But in it, he was asked about analytics. And he said, look, I, I think they're important. But I try to sit down with these guys and girls who do analytics. And they don't take the human element into it at all. He was saying how, you know, he asked them about, well, well how does it change if it's raining? Or how does it change if, if it's below 30 degrees or whatever? And the analytics people scoffed at him. Like you go for it on third and whatever every single time. Why would the, why would the weather matter? Why would if you're down or up? Like, and so I bring it up because Luke Fickle was like, look, I want to believe in the analytics, but there is a human element. And so I believe there is more pressure on Brandon Staley than anybody because everybody knows how talented that roster is. And nobody's just going to blindly believe that the analytics told you. Like he's going to get some tough questions this year if it doesn't work out. I believe Brandon Staley has the most pressure of anyone in the NFL this year. Let's keep it going. Next prediction, I'll try to make these quick. Uh, Kenny Pickett, who I've talked about, and Aaron Wright, Aaron Ron the last couple of weeks. I believe that he will be the, uh, the, the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers starter by week seven. Why week seven? A couple of things. One, he's just a better quarterback than Mitch Trubisky. I, you can argue with me on that. I, I, I don't think it's really debatable. Two, he was really good in the preseason. We talked about him on, on Aaron Wright, Aaron Wrong. Uh, 13 of 15 in one game, six of seven in the other game, 10 of 14, four touchdowns, no interceptions in those games. And three, I, I get why he's not starting. 
Uh, Mike Tomlin, I believe, is just trying to be loyal to the veterans on his roster. They signed Mitch Trubisky in the offseason. They probably told him at some point that he was going to be the week one starter. Well, now you're in fall camp. Kenny Pickett was the better player, and I do believe they're eventually going to make the move. But if you look at the schedule, I mentioned after week six, week seven, it really does soften up after that. Pittsburgh Steelers open against the Cincinnati Bengals. They play at Cleveland in week two. They play the or they play Patriots in week two. Criticize Bill Belichick all you want. He's great against young quarterbacks. They play at the Browns in week three, at the Bills in week five, and then the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers in week six. So you're talking about head-to-head with Joe Burrow against the Patriots, against the best coach defensively in the NFL, against the best defensive line in the Cleveland Browns, against the Buffalo Bills, against the Tampa Bay Bucks. My guess is after that, they give Kenny Pickett a chance. I don't think they want to rush him. My guess is Kenny Pickett is the Pittsburgh Steelers starter by week seven. Really quickly, uh, number five, Jimmy Garoppolo will be the starter by the end of the season in San Francisco. And this is one, if you guys and girls have ever heard me on Fox Sports Radio, I have been on this since the beginning. Sometimes I do believe in sports. There's this, something happens and a narrative takes shape and the narrative overtakes common sense. And then once the narrative starts, everyone just buys into it. And one thing that I have said from the beginning, I have not understood why it was just a foregone conclusion that you had to give the starting quarterback job to Trey Lance. And the people that would argue against you would tell you, well, you know, he was the number three pick in the draft. You have to give him a shot. And I said, yeah, normally you do. Normally you give the young quarterback a shot for two reasons. One, you're not very good. And two, you don't have a better option. And what's interesting about the San Francisco deal is it's the exact opposite. They do have a better option. His name's Jimmy Garoppolo. He's won you an NFC championship game. He's taken you to two NFC championship games in three years. Trey Lance clearly isn't ready. But more importantly, this is why it doesn't make sense. San Francisco's Super Bowl window is right now. San Francisco's Super Bowl window is right now. This is not the New York Jets rushing out Zach Wilson because they know they're going to be bad and they just want to see if they got a guy. It's not Trevor Lawrence in, in, in Jacksonville. It's not Joe Burrow in Cincinnati a few years ago. San Francisco has a team built to win a Super Bowl right now. So the idea of simply handing over the keys to a guy who simply isn't ready, it's never made sense to me. I'm not surprised. I believe that Jimmy Garoppolo was kept because they know Trey Lance isn't the guy. I believe by about the middle of the season, they're going to realize if we want to win at the highest level, we got to go to Jimmy G. Two more. We'll get out of here. We'll get to some Alabama, Texas. One, I think the lines are going to be really frisky. I, you know, uh, you know, Bedford has the over-under at six and a half. Uh, I don't know that I can predict seven wins for the Detroit Lions. But what I will say, they're going to be really tough, right? And you go back to last year, final, what is it, seven games of the regular, six games of the regular season, they go three and three. Um, and I listen, I know Dan Campbell's kind of a, a, a pseudo-punching bag lightning rod. But what I like about what Dan Campbell has done, if we all agree that um, that Jared Goff is not going to be the guy long-term for the Detroit Lions, then what's interesting to me, I think Dan Campbell's done an incredible job of building the infrastructure for the next guy, whoever it may be. They're going to draft a quarterback at some point. Maybe it's going to be Anthony Richardson from Florida, Bryce Young from Alabama, C.J. Stroud from Ohio State. Whoever it is is going to have a heck of a team around it. They're going to have Panay Sewell, the first-round pick two years ago at left tackle, really good. Uh, Jamison Williams, the wide receiver from Alabama, really good. Aiden Hutchinson, the defensive end from, uh, from Michigan, really good. I really like what they're doing. More importantly, why I think they can overachieve, 
Have you seen the schedule? I've never seen anything like this. The Lions play 17 games this year like everybody else. Every single one is in the early time slot. The 10 o'clock time slot. The only early game they play is on uh, the only game they play uh, outside of the the uh, the 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific time slot. They do kick off at 1230 on Thanksgiving Day like they do every year. Other than that, they don't play any Monday night games. They don't play any Sunday night games. They don't play a Thursday night game. And they also don't play on the West Coast. All of their games are in the Eastern or Central time zones, 1 p.m. Eastern kickoff, limited travel. This team's going to be really good. Finally, I'd be remiss if I didn't do the nerdy thing and make a Super Bowl pick. Uh, and in one, I'll also make my pre uh, my preseason uh, prediction for tonight. Uh, again, with the Buffalo Bills being a two and a half point favorite over the Los Angeles Rams in Los Angeles. My Super Bowl pick, and this is super boring, but drum roll, please. It is the Buffalo Bills who are favored to not only win tonight, but favored to win the AFC at plus 350 against the same Los Angeles Rams that they're playing tonight. And so part of the reason I didn't make a prediction on tonight's game is because that is my Super Bowl prediction. And I know it's kind of square and I know it's kind of boring, but part of the reason that I'm making that prediction, it's kind of processed by elimination, right? When I look at the rest of the contenders, here's what I see. The Packers are a mess. You know, let's start with the NFC, Los Angeles Rams. Why do I like them? Well, it's because I really don't like anybody else. San Francisco is not starting their best quarterback, as we just talked about. Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers got his bag. I don't think he really cares about how good the team is. Let Devontae Adams walk like it was nothing. Tampa Bay is really interesting because Tom Brady, for whatever reason, this guy is just one distraction after the other after the other after he has been nothing but avoiding distractions for the first 22 years of his career. And so you look around the NFC, who else is there? New Orleans, John Payton is not the head coach anymore. Drew Brees isn't there. Um, Atlanta's terrible. Carolina's not going to be good with Baker Mayfield. The Philadelphia Eagles, I'm sorry it ain't happening. The Dallas Cowboys, sorry it ain't happening. So I got the Rams out of the NFC. And then the AFC, I do think it's going to be tougher. But I told you I don't have the Chiefs making the playoffs. The Bengals, listen, Super Bowl hangover is real. Nobody gets back and nobody goes back and wins. Um, the Los Angeles Chargers, I told you, I don't trust Brandon Staley. And so by process of elimination, I have the Buffalo Bills, who obviously looked awesome in the AFC playoffs last year, losing that thriller to the Kansas City Chiefs. So those are my NFL bold takes. Promise to stick mostly to college football going forward, but I had to get a few of them out there. And I will also mention this. Uh, I do like the Buffalo Bills to win the Super Bowl. I like the Buffalo Bills to win tonight. We'll say 31 to 27, officially covering that spread. All right. I think that's it for this segment of the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast. This is what I want to do. Take a quick break, come back, and we will get back to our bread and butter college football. Want to start with a quick preview of the Alabama-Texas game. Really start to look ahead to that one. Is there any chance? What does Texas have to do to keep things close? Going to take a quick break. I'll be right back. All right, we're going to get back to the show in a minute. But before we do, NFL season is here. And if you may remember, all right, we're going to get back to the show in a minute. But before we do, NFL season is just around the corner. And wouldn't it be nice to join a pool with your buddies and have those all-important bragging rights while making a little bit of cash? Can't think of anything better in my opinion, but that's just me. 
Listen, here's the deal. You may remember I used and promoted BracketFanatics.com for March Madness. We did the Aaron Torres podcast, Bracket Fanatics Challenge. I gave out cash and I am back because Bracket Fanatics is now supporting the NFL regular season and playoffs and tournament format. We have ourselves an Aaron Torres pod, Bracket Challenge, NFL Pick'em. All you have to do, this is it's pretty straightforward. It's not complicated, very simple. Go to bracketfanatics.com, click the join the bracket tab, and you join the bracket Torres. That is the code of the bracket that you're going to want to enter. Code Torres. Okay. Once there, it's completely free to enter. All you have to do, pick winners of every single game on the NFL slate. So week one obviously starts with Rams versus Bills. You pick that one. Nothing against the spread. Just pick winners and losers for all 16 teams. And when you win, not if you win, when you win, we're giving out a lot of cash. Here's the deal. We have $100 cash prize winners for every single week. So week one, you pick all the games. Guess what? We're giving out $100 cash prize to the winner of that week. And then the season-long winner gets a $1,000 cash prize, all courtesy of our friends at Bracket Fanatics. Again, free to enter, bracketfanatics.com. Join Bracket. Torres is what you want. Free to enter, $100 cash winners every week, and a $1,000 cash prize. And this is the cool part. I'll be updating every single week. I'll let you know who is winning each and every week on the Bracket Fanatics Challenge, the NFL Pick'em Challenge. Now, keep in mind also, this is important. If you are interested in starting or joining a bracket yourself, you can do that as well. With Bracket Fanatics, you can determine the pool fees and payouts. You can have Bracket Fanatics collect and distribute pool entry fees and payout funds, or you or players in your bracket collect can collect funds yourself. Most importantly, by the way, if you want to make it free, like the Aaron Torres Pod NFL Pick'em Challenge, you could do that as well. But wait, there's another added bonus. Besides tracking wins and payouts for every player, Bracket Fanatics allows you to send or receive bets on any game with any player in your bracket using Bracket Bucks. While fantasy football is fun, it does require a lot of time. We all know that. And only a few players collect a payout. With Bracket Fanatics, you can invite your friends and you who want the social networking experience and send a little smack talk along the way while have, having an opportunity to win each week this season. NFL, Pick'em Challenge, Torres Pod, Link is going to be in the show description, but go to bracketfanatics.com, join bracket, code Torres, free to enter, $100 cash prize, $1,000 cash prize each and every week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. All right, everybody. I am back. Good to be back. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Going to be back. A fun NFL segment to open the show. As I said, we don't do a ton of NFL on the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast, especially this time of year. But when it is opening night of the NFL, forgive me, uh, but I'm a little bit excited. As I just mentioned, by the way, make sure to sign up for the Aaron Torres Podcast Bracket Challenge. The link tagged in my Twitter bio. Also, link is in the show description as well. Free to enter. A lot of great cash prizes. With that said, I do want to switch gears. And I do kind of want to do like a little bit of a look ahead to the game that we're all looking forward to this weekend, and that is, of course, Alabama traveling to Texas. And a couple of things. One, we're going to do our full Friday preview on, on Friday's show. That's what we're going to do. Um, and two, what I would say is, although we're going to preview this game, this is the very interesting game, very unique game from this perspective. I think you can argue this is not only one of the most anticipated games of the out-of-conference portion of college football, I think you can argue it's probably the most anticipated games period in college football this season. But what's interesting about it is it's one of the rare games that's really anticipated that I don't think anybody expects to really be all that close, right? Uh, Betfred has it as a 20 point spread Alabama favored by 20 points. Uh, And frankly, most Texas fans that I've seen and talked to and, and, and kind of corresponded with over the last couple of days, really the last couple of weeks since this game really kind of hit the forefront over the last month or so. I think most Texas fans are basically saying two things. One, let's just not get totally embarrassed. Like let's not lose 59 to three. And then two, let's just get out of there healthy, right? Obviously nobody ever wishes ill will or injury upon anybody, but Alabama's big and mean and nasty. And let's just try to get out of there, survive and get to the next game. And so I'm going to mention, I'm going to discuss this on Friday's show, kind of in the preview preview segment of the show, But I did figure, since it is such a big game, let's kind of just do a first look at this game. Um, And more specifically, I want to give you four things that I'm looking forward to in this game as it pertains to Alabama and Texas. Let's get into it. Let's break it down. Game of the weekend, maybe the most anticipated game of the year. I would venture to guess this is going to be one of the most highly rated games of the entire college football season, kicking off on Saturday, noon Eastern, Fox Sports, uh, and of course, uh, in, in in Austin, Texas. And so when I look at this game, there, there really are four things that I'm really intrigued by. First, from the Alabama perspective, I'll be honest, I'm just intrigued to watch what I believe to be a team that has the chance to be the best and most complete team 
of the Nick Saban era. And that sounds crazy, right? Like it sounds crazy if you just think about that at the most basic level. If you think about it at the most basic level, that this team has a chance to be the most complete team of the Nick Saban era, that sounds insane. This is a guy that's won, what, six national championships at Alabama, three early, three in the last couple of years. But when I look at this team, I do believe that they have a chance to be that. One, offensively, we know what they return in Bryce Young, the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, 47 touchdowns, seven interceptions last year. But what I would say, and what I've said all offseason, and I, I don't think it's a, a controversial or hot take, I think he's going to have much more help around him than he did a year ago. Jameer Gibbs, the transfer from Georgia Tech, his debut the other weekend was phenomenal. Nine catches, 90 yards, 10 yards per complete, or nine carries, 90 yards, 10 yards per carry for the dynamic running back from Georgia Tech. Obviously, Jermaine Burton, obviously, Tyler Harrell, obviously, some of the guys that are returning. You look at this team, just a super dynamic group. And what I loved about Bryce Young in that opener against Utah State, which let's be honest, I mean, I why why I'm discussing this is because like many of you, I probably didn't, you know, I didn't watch a ton of that game. And I'm guessing most of you, unless you're an Alabama diehard, did not either. But one thing that stood out to me about that game was the way that Bryce Young was able to move the ball around to his wide receivers. Three different wide receivers had at least five catches, and six different wide receivers overall had at least two catches. So last year, it was the Jamison Williams show, John Mechie to a smaller degree. This year, I think Bryce Williams has, uh, Bryce Williams, Bryce Young has more talent around him than he did a year ago. Beyond that, I'll say this, the combination of offense with defense, I don't know that we've ever seen this in the Nick Saban era, right? Because early in the Nick Saban era, of course, never forget, they were a defensive-focused team, and they were great on defense. Different sport, different era, before offenses evolved the way that they have over the last probably seven or eight years. But over the last couple of years, as Alabama has advanced offensively with Tua and Jerry Judy and Calvin Ridley, um, uh, you know, Devontae Smith, I don't know that they've ever had a defense as dominant as this one has the chance to be. First off, you go back to last year. I think people forget this. Alabama ranked seventh nationally in total defense. Now, everybody forgets it because Georgia was historically great. Georgia won a national championship. And when you think about Alabama last year, you think about Bryce Young, you don't think about the defense. And so I don't think people realize how good this defense was and how this defense has a chance to be elite like Georgia, like Clemson. Those are the top three defenses there. And so I'm curious, first and foremost, just to see this team on the field because I think they have a chance to be special. Secondly, what I would say, what I'm most looking forward to is how does Steve Sarkeesian counter this? As I said, a 20-point underdog, but more specifically, I'm just curious to see Quinn Ewers, right? I mean, it has has I was thinking about this as I prepped for the show. Has any guy... I don't know if any guy, seriously, and I'm being serious when I say this, has any player in recent college football history ever been talked about more before playing a single meaningful snap than Quinn Ewers? That's not a criticism. That's not a knock. That's not a judgment. It's just a fact. Think about it. Number one high school player in America commits to Texas. He's the Texas kid. He's going to stay home. He's going to play for Tom Herman. It's going to be incredible. Then Texas struggles. Then he decommits commits to Ohio State. Okay, we think the story's done there. Oh, no, wait a second. He's going to reclassify in August to take advantage of NIL money. He makes a killing in NIL. 
Then he realizes, oh, there's a pretty good guy in front of me named C.J. Stroud, decides to transfer back to Texas, commits to Texas, and has largely become the face of the program outside of Steve Sarkeesian since he actually committed. And so that's not a good thing. That's not a bad thing. That's just the reality. Big name, big talent, uh, you know, unique look with the mullet. And I'm just fascinated to see what he looks like, right? Because for all the criticism, for all the knocks, for all the, oh, all he cares about is NIL. I mean, let's keep in mind, he was the number one high school player in the class of 2022, reclassified, and the experts actually ranked him ahead of Caleb Williams as the number one quarterback in the class of 2021. On top of that, he's one of the only quarterbacks ever to be ranked with a perfect score in the 24-7 sports rankings. I don't remember all of them. I know that Vince Young was one of them. Caleb Williams might have been one for all I I remember. I can't remember all the details. But very rarely does 24-7 sports give out a perfect grade on a quarterback, and Quinn Ewers is it. And so I'm just excited to see him, to see what they have, to see what he's capable of, again, in his first meaningful snaps in a long time. And I think it's worth noting, and I might have mentioned it on one of the preseason shows, but this was a guy, not only did he not play last year at Ohio State, he was banged up during his, his what was his junior year, what ultimately ended up being his last year of college, of, of high school football in 2021. Now, injuries aren't his fault. I'm not blaming him, but I'm just curious. I just want to see what he looks like. And what I will say, while there have been some injuries, he's got a lot of talent around him, okay? So first game they play, Louisiana Monroe. We're not going to take too much out of that. Louisiana Monroe, for people who forget, coached by, how about this, Terry Bowden. But to his credit, Quinn Ewers looked good. 16 of 24, 225 yards, two touchdowns. Big win, 52 points total. And like Bryce Young, passed the ball around, got the ball to a lot of different players. Jatavian Sanders, six catches as a tight end. Bijan Robinson out of the backfield, three catches. Jordan Whittington, three catches. It's interesting. I heard Steve Sarkeesian say this during the offseason. You guys in the media are focused on the freshmen and the transfers. We got Jordan Whittington back from injury. We think he can be a star for us. How about the fact that Xavier Worthy, who was the Big 12 freshman of the year offensively last year, just two catches. So Texas has certainly dealt with some injuries, but they got dudes. And I'm not saying they win on on Saturday night. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I am saying is I'm just curious to see Quinn Ewers. Finally, what I would say in terms of things that I'm most intrigued by, I'm just genuinely interested, genuinely interested in how each team looks and how each team responds. Starting with Alabama, I'll say this. I've said it all offseason. Alabama, to me, is one of the most fascinating teams in college football, not because they're Alabama, but it's because for years, there have been plenty of years during the Nick Saban era where Alabama has come into a season with the best team in college football. Very rarely, though, have they come into a season with the best team in college football and a legitimate chip on their shoulder. Two biggest games last year, well, two out of three if you include the SEC championship game. Lose at Texas A&M lose to Georgia in the title game. Now, they did beat Georgia in the SEC championship game, but in the rematch, the one that mattered the most, Georgia got them. Alabama wasn't 100%. No Jamison Williams, no John Mechie, some injuries along the offensive line, some injuries in the defensive backfield. So Alabama's been spent all offseason with a major chip on their shoulder, and I'm curious to see how they respond. Alabama generally in early season games comes out focused, locked in, 
and now they have a chip on their shoulder. It's going to be fascinating to watch. And then from the Texas perspective, I think it's the same thing, only the exact opposite, which doesn't make sense, but bear with me here, is when I look at the situation in Texas, what stands out to me is really how do they respond to adversity, right? Because we know Alabama's the better team. As I said, even Texas fans think that Alabama's going to win this game. But what happens if Alabama takes the opening kickoff for a touchdown? What happens if Quinn Ewers throws a pick six? What happens if there's a fumble recovery for a touchdown? What happens if Bryce Young throws a deep pass on the first series of the game for a touchdown? How does Texas respond? Because for a decade plus now, this has been a team that every time adversity hits, they fold. And that was certainly the case last year. You don't, you don't need me to tell you. Five and seven overall, not ideal. But then beyond five and seven, five-game losing streak, you lose to Kansas. Everything that could go wrong does. They do bounce back nicely with a season-ending win against Kansas State. But this is a program that for a decade has not dealt with adversity. And I can guarantee you there's going to be adversity against Alabama. Now, the good thing for Texas is the schedule after this week is manageable. They do play Texas San Antonio. Now, I'll say this. Texas San Antonio, they did lose their opener last week to Houston in a thriller. But Texas San Antonio was a good football team last year. Texas San Antonio, with Jeff Trailer as their head coach, Texas San Antonio, who they play next week, went 12-2 and last, week, last year. And so I only bring it up to say, Texas is going to deal with some adversity in this game, and they're going to deal with this, some adversity after the game. But I'm mostly focused on what happens during this one. How do they respond? Do they battle till the end? Because the one thing that we've known about Texas for years, athletically, you know, they're one of those, those, those school bus teams. They get off the school bus, they look awesome. Then adversity hits, then things get tough, and they fold. I am fascinated to watch this game, and I'll tell you what. One cannot wait, but two more importantly, we're going to have much, much, much more on this game on Friday's show as we preview the week two slate. With that said, I do want to take a quick break. do want to come back, try to make these uh, midweek episodes a little bit quicker. When we come back, we'll, we'll, we'll finish up the show with a very interesting story from something that I think we all care about, college game day. They have added Pat McAfee to the show. Pat McAfee's insanely talented. Cannot wait to watch him. I do have some questions, though. We're going to discuss all of them. I'm going to take a quick break. And guess what's going to happen? You know what's going to happen. I'll be right back. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, everybody. I am back. Good to be back. Good to be back. Final segment of the show. So good to be back. And I do want to wrap. With frankly, a story that I think, you know, this is why I, I'm really excited to go to the five days a week schedule here on the Aerator Sports Podcast. Previously, there had just been stories that, especially during football season, uh, would just fall through the cracks if we were not doing a show every day. And so a huge topic, really, I think, in the kind of college football metaverse, the, the world of college football for the people who love it, is what is kind of the future of college game day and specifically 
what happens with probably the most popular segment on the show, the headgear segment, when Lee Corso retires. For years, this has been a conversation in college football, right? Who is going to eventually replace Lee Corso on the set of college game day? At one point, we thought it was going to be less miles. Then let's be honest, we found out he was kind of a creep at Kansas. That was out of the picture. At one point, we thought it might be Nick Saban. Well, Nick Saban's going to coach till he's 90 and win national championships every single year or every other year along the way. Uh, and more recently, I think Coach O has been a legitimate candidate. But there has also been another candidate that's a little bit off the beaten path, but one that I think has really picked up steam here over the last four or five years. And it is Pat McAfee, the former West Virginia punter, the former Indianapolis Colts punter, turned insanely popular uh, podcaster and YouTube who covers all sorts of things, football, specifically the NFL. So what was it going to be? That has been the question for years. And we started to set, get a, a, a feel for what the future of College Game Day is going to look like on Wednesday when College Game Day did in fact announce that Pat McAfee, effective immediately, is going to be a contributor to College Game Day. Now, they didn't say exactly what he's going to do, what the role is going to be, all that good stuff. But all we know is that he is going to be in on College Game Day effective immediately. This weekend in Austin, Alabama against Texas, Pat McAfee will be there. Uh, and uh, college football, college game day, I should say, will never be the same again. So obviously, I've got a lot of thoughts. Otherwise, I wouldn't be talking about it. Let me start by saying this. One, you know, credit this guy, Pat McAfee. Don't know him. He was actually on this podcast very early on. If you remember, it was part of a Super Bowl promo. I forget who the uh, corporate entity was that brought him on. But somebody reached out to me, said, hey, do you want Pat McAfee? I said, let's do it. He was awesome. He was engaging. Uh, I appreciated his time at the time. But the one thing you can't say about this guy is that he does not work, okay? Hosts one of the most popular sports podcasts in America that's also streamed on YouTube. I don't have the numbers to back it up, but I would venture to guess it's probably the most popular YouTube channel uh, in sports on, on the internet, right, on YouTube. Some A guy that, frankly, I've modeled a lot of what I do here with the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast after him. Uh, he also hosts some stuff with with wrestling on Friday nights. I guess that's going to be put a little bit to the side with the ESPN stuff now. On top of that, he's going to be doing some Manning cast stuff for college football for Peyton Manning's company on ESPN2. So say what you want about this guy. This guy works his butt off. And what I will say is now that it's official that he's coming to college game day, I do think he's going to pump some very much needed energy into the show. And to be clear, like, let me just say this. I'm not Mr. Anti-ESPN and everything ESPN does wrong and they're terrible and I hate everything about them. No, I think ESPN does a lot of really good stuff. And I think College Game Day is right at the forefront of the things that they do well. Go to the biggest game, set up shop, let fans be fans, go crazy. But what I would also say is it's been clear for a while. The show I really do feel like probably needs a little bit more juice, right? I mean, just think about the show as it currently stands. One, hate to be rude, Desmond Howard brings nothing to the table. It's not disrespect. He's not a bad guy. I'm not saying I don't like Desmond Howard, but I'll be honest. Like, like if you watch the show, I, I mean, I don't know the last time Desmond Howard has said something that has made me think, wow, I had never thought about college football in that way before. David Pollock is a contributor, but let's be honest. David Pollock is kind of by the books, uh, really talented analyst, but I don't know that he's that different than a hundred other former players that you could have in that exact same spot. And even Kirk Herbstreit, like I think Kirk Herbstreit's great at what he does. He clearly has a passion for college football. He's great, but Kirk Herbstreit, one, is very busy. He's Remember, he's calling the Amazon Thursday night games going forward, starting next week with the Chiefs and the Chargers. But on top of that, I, I just think you can tell by, by watching him is that it's not that he's going through the motions, 
But I do think that, he, that, that I think he's going to benefit from some added juice to this show as well. And I would also add on top of everything else, and, and I don't think I'm, I'm, I'm burying any, uh, you know, the lead or, or hiding any secrets here. Like Lee Corso, it's about that time with Lee Corso. Nobody's rooting against Lee Corso. Everybody wants him to succeed. Everybody wants him to stay on the show forever. But if you've watched really the last few years, but specifically since this season started, Lee Corso is 87 years old and any role that he's in should be very limited if he should be on at all. Again, I'm not pushing him into retirement, but he's 87 years old. He's been on the show since the beginning. And I don't think just because you've been on the show since the beginning, um, this it's a, it, you know, it's a Supreme court justice that you get a lifetime appointment. I think at some point it's an entertainment product. At some point, the travel is intense. At some point, the prep is intense. Just don't know how much longer Lee Corso is or should even be in that seat. And so I do think that like Pat McAfee is going to bring a lot to the table. For those of you who don't watch the show, aren't as familiar with his work, but I can't tell you, the guy is full of energy. You know, we use the term larger than life. We use the term fills up the room when they walk in. Pat McAfee is that dude. Again, I don't know him well, but it's hard not to watch him do what he does on his YouTube show, on his podcast, on ESPN, on WWE, on whatever, and not see that this guy is fun. He's engaging. He's personable. Um, and I think he's going to add a lot to the show. Now, I should mention, quick aside, I would have liked to see maybe Pat McAfee get into integrated with Coach O. I'll be honest. If, if I had the choice, I would have added Coach O. If, if there was only one guy I could add to the existing show, it would have been Coach O for a lot of the same reasons as Pat McAfee, okay? Pat, uh, you know, Coach O, I don't know what he's like behind the scenes. Obviously, some reports came out after his time at LSU. But in front of the camera, he's great. The Go Tigers, all that stuff, uh, engaging, personable, fun, uh, and I think more importantly, he's got a ton of credibility. Uh, you know, he's coached against and beat Nick Saban. He's coached against and beat Jimbo Fisher. He's coached in the swamp and won, um, or he's at least beaten Florida. I don't know if he ever won in the swamp. He's beaten Dabo Sweeney head to head. He's beaten Lane Kiffin head to head. And so when I look at the whole situation with, with, with game day, I would have loved to add coach O, but if you're not going to add coach O and maybe just doesn't want to do it, I do think McAfee was the guy and I do think he's going to be good. Finally, I'd wrap by just saying, you know, I, I do worry a little bit about one element with McAfee. And what I will say is a couple things. One, it's going to sound like I'm hating or I'm criticizing, but I'm not. Uh, just to be clear, I, I generally don't get jealous of people in my business. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to be able to do what I do for a long time. Um, and I want other people in my business to succeed, right? It's pretty simple economics. The more people that get great jobs in my business that pay well, the better it is for me because it means people care about my business. You know, if I was a, a, a TV repairman or something in a world where people don't get their TVs repaired, I might be a little jealous of the competition. I'm not jealous of Pat McAfee, but what I would say is, and this is my one concern, and generally just I'm curious how they use Pat McAfee in general. It sounds crazy, but my kind of quick thought on it is, is it possible that Pat McAfee maybe has too much energy for college game day, too much energy for the show itself? And what I mean by that is a few things. One, College Game Day is one of the few sports shows, if you think about it, it's not really about the host, right? Like, First Take's about the host. Colin Cowherd's about the host. The Pat McAfee Show is about the host. Colin Cowherd, I think I just said, the Aaron Torres podcast, I hope, is about the host. College Game Day is about celebrating college football, celebrating fans, the fans behind you, the crazy signs, the rivalries, everything that makes college football great. And so when I look at Pat McAfee, if you've ever seen him on TV, the guy is a nut in the best way possible. 
But is he so over the top that he does take away a little bit from it? I think I, I know he's appeared on college game day at least once. It was at, at at Baylor, and he actually dove literally into the river in the middle of a segment. There's a river right next to the stadium at Baylor. And I do wonder, like, is the energy going to overshadow the show itself? Um, and it was funny because I was thinking about this even as I was recording the show is I do think if you're a guy, I can't speak for, for the ladies that are listening. If you're a guy, though, I, I think it's it's pretty relatable, right? We've all been on bachelor parties. We've all, all been on guys trips. Everybody's having a good time. Then that one guy shows up a little bit late and he wants to get the party started. And he comes in yelling and screaming and let's take shots and let's go to the strip club at 10 a.m. And you're like, dude, it, it's early. I, I, I you know, I'm kind of nursing this hangover. I'm going to have this beer by the pool. We'll do the strip club a little bit later. And I do wonder if Pat McAfee has a little bit too much of that energy. And again, does it take away from the parts of the show that we like? The fans, Kirk Herbstreet's analysis, if there's a celebrity pick or whatever. And what I would just say is in general, I'm just curious how they use them. Uh, I'm curious how they use them. And I do think it's kind of interesting that that this seems to have essentially come, I don't want to say out of nowhere, but kind of was thrown together, uh, you know, kind of at the last minute, right? And so I think it's going to take time to figure out how he fits, what his strengths are, what his weaknesses are. I don't know that he's the guy that you want on set for three hours besides Kirk Herbstreit, but I do think he'll be really good on the show. I do think it'll be really entertaining. And I'll say this, I, you know, I'm genuinely excited to watch college game day this weekend from Austin. Now, as I said, I'm a guy that generally does watch the show as is. I'm not Mr. Anti-ESPN and this is terrible and that's terrible and this and that, but curious to see how he's used. I certainly think if, if this is it for Lee Corso, Pat McAfee, that energy is perfect for the headset pick or the, the headgear pick, I guess it would be called. Uh, but I'll be curious to see how he's used. But interesting day for college game day and genuinely curious to see Pat McAfee on the show. All right, that's it. I think that's it for this episode of the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast. Before we get out of here, a couple things, as I mentioned off the top. One, we're working on the sound. I don't think it sounds terrible, but I do think it could sound better. I've had a few of you reach out to me. Uh, we are going to get that fixed here. Please be patient. Please keep downloading the show. Please keep sharing with your friends. It's all going to get figured out. Uh, secondly, thank you again to our partners, our presenting sponsor, uh, Betfred Sportsbook. Again, new users in Arizona, Colorado, Iowa, bet $50 on any game, get $250 free courtesy of Betfred. And as I said, all season long, we're going to be doing really cool stuff with them. And then finally, link is in the show description. Bracket Fanatics, sign up for the Aaron Torres Pod Pick'em Challenge, $1,000 cash prize for the season-long winner, $100 cash prizes every week. It's completely free to sign up. You're going to want to sign up. So that is all for today's show. I want to thank you guys and girls for listening. If you're not subscribed, please make sure to do so. Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Music, wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure that you are subscribed to the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast. Also, make sure to rate and review the show. Go ahead, give us a quick five stars. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, all that good stuff. Make sure you're following on social media, at Aaron underscore Torres on Twitter. At Aaron Torres Pod on Instagram, Aaron Torres Podcast Questions at gmail.com, Aaron Torres Podcast Questions at gmail.com. That is all for today's show. I will be back on Friday, normal Friday show. We'll have our college football picks. We'll do where Aaron was right, where Aaron was wrong. And trust me, I've been wrong about plenty over these last couple of weeks. We'll be back on Friday, new episode of the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast. Oh, by the way, shout out to Torrent Craig, shout out to Rachel Hates, my voice. Shout out to JJ Reddick, you F head. Unblock me. All right, I'll be back for real on Friday. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.